Hello and welcome to Things Musicians Don't Talk About with your hosts Hattie Butterworth and me, Rebecca Toll. Within our vibrant musical world, it can often feel that the struggles and humanity of musicians is lost and restricted. Having both suffered in silence with mental, physical and emotional issues, we are now looking for a way to voice musicians' stories, discuss them further and to connect with the many others who suffer like we have. No topic will be out of bounds as we are committed to raising awareness for all varieties of struggle. So join me, Hattie and guests as we attempt to bring an end to stigma by uncovering the things musicians don't talk about. Thank you so much for joining us with this episode today on um, burnout, really. So first off, we were contacted by Cara, who is the head of the, well, the chair of the Conservatoires UK network. Um, And basically she and the team are running a campaign this week about burnout in Conservatoire students. Uh, It's not necessarily music specific, as she'll explain, but... Yeah, we were really intrigued because I don't think either of us had ever come across any conversation about burnout in any of our musical education, so it felt like a really, really worthwhile conversation to be having. Um, So yeah, first off we have a little segment where we just talk to Cara about the aims and the who's and the what's and the why's of the campaign, and then we go on to have just Hattie and I have a little conversation, a little chit-chat about burnout and our thoughts it was very unstructured I feel like we rambled a lot anyway um we felt very energized after the conversation having been very very not in the mood to record that evening we were both so tired but yeah as I said we felt pretty good afterwards um as for me things are fine if you follow me on the old Instagram, you will have seen that I recently was prescribed some medication for my anxiety. So I've been taking that as and when I need to and getting used to uh, like whether I need to take it in advance or how long it's going to take to kick in, all this kind of stuff. But yeah, it's just, I'm enjoying having the sun out. It definitely helps with my mood a lot. And in the UK, we're winding down towards Easter holidays. So a lot of my teaching is winding down now, which is really nice. And I'm looking forward to having a break. Kind of ties in nicely with the whole burnout theme. Anyway, uh, enjoy the episode. As usual, we uh, give all the details about where you can find us at the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, just keep getting in touch. Like We, we really love it when you guys message us with um, suggestions or feedback or just life stuff or... Yeah, just feels like a really nice community that's growing here. So thanks so much for being here and joining the conversation. Hi, Cara. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. I've just taken some time out this afternoon and I'm feeling really good for it. Well, we're super excited to be talking to you about the coming burnout campaign. Thank you so much for asking us to be involved and we know that we're going to have a lot to say about it when we do our own chat slash rant later. But first of all, do you want to just take the stage and just tell us what is the campaign? Uh, And then I'm sure we'll give you some difficult questions after. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay um yeah so basically um this campaign came about before i came into the role that i'm in um which is chair of conservatoires uk student network and um, before i came into this role i was having a chat with lloyd who was in this job before me um and we both raised some concerns over the summer break of 2021 about things coming back to normal and conservatoire students just kind of getting totally overwhelmed um, and having too much on their plates. Um, in the chaos of changing COVID restrictions and freshers weeks and everything that was going on, we never really got to address the conversation we had. Um, but interestingly, it, it re-cropped up for me when I was speaking to my friends who are all kind of recent graduates have been um, working between like one and five years now um, and I was alarmed by how many people were like yeah I've not got a day off for like three months and I was just like no this is bad <laughs> like this is good great you've got work again like the pandemic is easing and you're allowed to perform but also please don't work for 60 days without any kind of break especially a lot of that work tends to involve travel and people can see travel as like days off and stuff and I thought this campaign needs to happen to try and almost in a it's meant to be a an awareness campaign it's nothing to do with kind of here are the things that you, you can do to prevent burnout and you know, it, it's not like here's the hard fact, because also there isn't really hard fact. Um, it was more to be like, please be aware. Um, and it's I, I know so many people kind of in their third year of undergraduate study have that moment where suddenly all the projects get harder, the exams get harder and things matter and count. And it's really easy to just sort of crumble. Um, so I thought, I need to try and get in as early as I can and help hopefully as many people as possible. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how and why it came about. Can you tell us about um, who is involved? You know, is, is it a thing run by the Conservatoire UK Network? Is it something that all conservatoires can get involved with? Yeah. So the thing with um, the student network is we've been around for about 10 years Um and it's sort of just a support network for everyone who's working on the SUs, mostly the presidents. Um, and this group of people, naturally, the people that come into this job like to take on as much work as they possibly can until they crumble to the ground. Um, so we've started trying to involve as much of our student body as possible. Like we, we don't want it to just be a group of 10 people. We want it to be everyone, staff and students. Um so that was actually one of the reasons for running the campaign. We really wanted to do something that could involve everyone. I didn't want it to be just music specific as well, because obviously we've got tons of courses in the conservatoires. It's not just musicians, um, which is easy for me to forget. <laughs> um, and we've been working really closely with Healthy Conservatoires, um, which is the most amazing resource i'm obsessed with the website i keep just scrolling through the website because of how nice it looks <laughs> like i i'm really impressed and all the information on there is so good so i wanted to also be able to signpost students towards that um and i was really keen to work with both of you especially after um the injury awareness campaign that you got in touch with us about last term yeah it was so great to work with you and i thought this is a good opportunity to try and just 
you know what? Create a community. Try and bring as many people together as possible. It's what we needed, I think. Yeah, I think we're so happy and grateful that you're doing it because I think, especially at music college, it's just not something that I ever experienced conversation about. Um, and when we talked about it briefly before, I remember there are a few points that really stuck in my mind about the campaign. One was that you're not, it's, it's like a virtual campaign. So people don't have to add more things into their schedule um, to come and like attend more talks because that's just going to make them busier. And it's kind of what we, Hattie and I, were talking about with our injury week that you kind of just make stuff and if people want to consume it after the actual week has gone in their own time, that's probably the healthiest way you can do it. And as you say, an awareness things that they're just just kind of putting ideas in their heads, reminding them that this is a thing. So in terms of the campaign itself, can you tell us any of the bits and bobs that we should be looking out for? Yeah, so it runs across the the whole week. Um well, five days from the 21st of March um, until the Friday. Um, and it's basically, it, I'm trying to make it the most gentle campaign possible. Um, I don't want this to ruffle any feathers. Um, and also, if there's one thing that I've learned, it's that if you talk about something too much, you start seeing it everywhere. And if you force it down people's throats, suddenly everyone's going to be like, I've got burnout. Um and you know it's really also what even is burnout like there's so many times where I'm like yeah I've got burnout and then I'm like no I've not I'm just a little bit stressed or I'm feeling a bit down today and then I'm like wait but they're the symptoms and like how am I supposed to add all this up like what is going on how am I feeling um so the first part of the campaign is just a definition of burnout simple as that um Michael at Healthy Conservatoires has been so helpful with me because just to mention um healthy conservatoires is something everything is like research based and kind of factual and backed up um so we don't put any harmful misinformation out there so he's helping me um by sifting through loads of resources and trying to pull together a really clear and easy to understand definition of burnout and then as the week progresses um kind of looking at the symptoms around um what burnout is um and then burnout in conservatoire students and something that's really interesting here is there's like there's no published research on this there's a people people have done some dissertations like that I think I've seen a postgraduate dissertation on it there's there's but there's been no peer-reviewed studies or anything which is crazy because I've never seen like the, I, I have come into contact with so many people that have totally crashed during like just being a music being a performing artist working in the performing arts I just think it's insane that there isn't anything out there already however same as everything else sport is like a million years ahead of us so there's loads in there for sport which is really helpful for all the dancers in the conservatoires as well um and then towards the end of the week it's kind of just like a gentle tailing off from the campaign and I'm speaking to each of the presidents and student representatives that form part of the CKSN network. And they're going to share kind of their own stories around burnout, whether that's, hey, I've had burnout and this is what it's like, or hey, I've literally never had burnout, but here's what I've learned. And all these things, I just thought it'd be a nice way to 
show a bit of a conversation, get people thinking about it, really. Sorry, I spoke loads there. No, it's really good. If you think that's loads, you should hear some of them. You should listen to the (laughs) the pre-edit of our podcast. Yeah, yeah, then you'd understand what talking loads is. No, no, honestly. (laughs) You know, where do you stand in terms of your experience with burnout? Is it something you've mostly sort of witnessed in your friends and other people? Or is it something that you do have a, a personal experience with to some extent? It's really interesting um, because the honest answer is I'm not sure if I've ever had burnout. Um, I've certainly, I've 100% been on my way to burnout before, but I don't know, like, how how, how do I know? Like, is someone going to come up to me and be like, hey, guess what? Today is the day you're going to experience burnout. Like, I, like, But one thing I am certain of is the more I've read into it, the reason burnout is so difficult to talk about is because there's so many things that are similar for example symptoms of burnout can be really similar to symptoms of depression it's just that burnout those feelings are specifically about a certain area of your life a certain you know subject and I think I I am someone that can very easily get overwhelmed with stuff and my response when I'm overwhelmed is to like freeze like just totally stop like I can't do anything I've had a paint by numbers since (laughs) August 2020 and I have not finished it because when I'm like feeling really stressed I'm like yeah let's let's do some of that and then I can't I can't touch anything I can't do anything that I feel will help me so I don't know is that burnout that's what I'm trying to discover almost through this campaign I love that you're coming at it from like a sort of I don't know but I'm fascinated kind of angle if that makes sense like I think there, as you say, like there is a danger to, to create a campaign acting as if you're the oh, the yeah. one that knows it all and is is ready yeah. to like, you know. But as you say, like you don't want to do any damage. You just want to open a conversation, let people know that you know it exists and that you're you know things are there for them, resources are there and can be accessed. Yeah. I think that's such a a really like I don't want to sound patronised, but like a really intelligent way around it. No, I mean it's like it, when we did our injury campaign, it was like. We want to talk about it because we don't feel it's talked about enough. But that, yeah, that doesn't make us in any context like mm-hmm. the authority on it. And it's encouraging that people who aren't the authority want to create conversation. And then hopefully it will generate mm. more research or higher up more uh, conversation amongst people that have expertise. But it's yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what the week brings. Oh, thanks for the inspiration as well. I feel like this feels much easier to do, knowing that there's other people out there doing, like, making their making their way as well. Oh, <laughs> we can't wait to support you more with it. Like, honestly, like, we'll be reposting we, everything. We literally will, though. Oh my gosh. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I'm like nervous about it, but it's fine. It'll oh, be fine. No. It'll yeah, be it's... fine. Everything'll be fine. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Just like introducing it, so it's kind of going to be the precursor to our episode yeah thank you so much for your time thank you and all the best yes you too enjoy recording the episode (laughs) okay i wish people could see my face i really i'm glad they can't see mine (laughs) i walked into a signpost today so burnout so burnout is a concept is a concept 
and I feel like I'm always burnt out Mm. but I don't know if that's true and Mm. because maybe I'm just tired and it's really hard to know because it's such a cumulative thing isn't it it's really hard to be to define like Kara was saying yeah I've heard you know I've had a period of listening to a lot of these like (laughs) coach podcasts and they're not bad I'm I'm like I'm taking the piss but things like there's this one called the karma you podcast with uh, that woman that wrote the anxiety solution whose name completely can't remember but I remember she's had a few people on talking about burnout and to me it always slightly sounded like they were trying to convince her and themselves that they weren't depressed Mm. they would always be like I wasn't (laughs) depressed I just couldn't move and had no motivation and felt completely drained Mm. and it kind of goes hand in hand with like adrenal fatigue have you heard about that yeah and people kind of make up say that that's not a thing and that that's all made up blah 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 and I feel like I do believe it's a thing because I think I experienced both depression and burnout and they did feel very different yeah I know you're right I feel like for me when I've experienced depression which is all the time uh (laughs) it's more of just a general like Mm. lowness and yeah like stagnant see I don't know and burnout feels like I've reached the end of the road in terms of like motivation or like I can't see how I'm gonna get the motivation back but yeah it's hard to know for me, like, well, for a lot of freelancers, like, travelling from place to place to place obviously makes you exhausted. It's hard to know, for example, with that, whether you're just tired or whether you're burnt out from just hopping or from on one thing. way to burn out. Yeah. I think that's what's hard as well, because I think a lot of us have a, a mind where we have sort of periods of three weeks of, like, intense motivation and then maybe two weeks of like burnout Mm. or time where it's incredibly difficult to motivate yourself to do anything and you don't really enjoy playing anymore and you're sort of like oh but I a few weeks ago I was like pushing myself so hard Mm. doing everything practicing loads blah 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 like I I feel like I've had cycles like that a lot throughout my like cello Mm. life of like weeks being incredibly intense and then I just kind of naturally I know when I come back from a course or whatever that I'm going to be burnt out for a week. And I don't know if that's right, but that seems always Mm. to be what I've just got used to, is, like, if I push myself, then I know now that I will just be burnt out for a few weeks afterwards. Do you think that burnout is, in the same way that it's cumulative, is it, does it regress cumulatively? So if you do a little bit of self-care, then you're, like, a few steps back, but then if you were to push yourself, you'd go back. Or do you think that you have to just take a complete break, like a Mm. retreat from everything to then Mm. be fully, quote unquote, cured again? I don't know. I think I think I definitely wish that it could be, as you say, like cumulative. But Mm. at least for me, I think I would need and have needed to do the complete Mm. remove thing because kind of I don't know kind of going in with my experience of it I feel like I pushed myself so hard in my teenage years went to college dealt with depression anxiety OCD 
the three years. And then in my last year of college, I was like getting better. But the feeling that would not go away was this feeling of like, I don't want to play anymore. Like I am so tired of playing. Mm. And it was a feeling of like, I'm so like so burnt out of sharing. Mm. I didn't want to share like my music anymore. It was like, people keep expecting me to play to them. And like, I don't want to share anymore. Like it's too much. Like I, I just can't. And I actually found on my phone the other day, a little audio, like I hate writing in journals. I just can't motivate myself to do it. So what I used to do was like record myself speaking how I was feeling. Like a detective. Yeah. But detective of feelings. Yeah. So it would be like, <laughs> I don't know why, but I just feel terrible. And I feel like I don't need a therapist, but I probably do. And now you just send me those voice notes. Yes. <laughs> and one of the things I said was like, I just want to go away shut myself off from the world and just not see anyone or be anything special anymore and it was really funny listening to that back because six months after I'd recorded that I decided to go into the convent oh yeah like so it was so interesting to hear that I was like oh my god like I ended up doing what I actually really wanted to do first time ever first time ever yeah (laughs) and even though I did have another period of mental illness after that like that feeling of burnout that is how I would have described this just feeling of like mm. I don't want to share my music anymore like I'm so sick of it and I don't know where it's going and it just feels like flat and every time I try and like get it going again I just can't quite feel excited about it anymore mm. but it did feel very different to depression at least for me I think yeah looking back on periods of what I suspect were burnout for me mm. there was always a little bit of like resentment entwined yeah. in it whereas depression didn't there was no resentment with the depression for the burnout it was like yeah I don't want to share like I'm fed up of this or like I don't know I can't keep going and there's always this tone of like I don't know kind of like throwing an internal like temper tantrum Mm. because I haven't got any more energy um whereas yeah depression for me feels very like low energy whereas yeah there's an element to burnout that has this little spark of like grr anger yeah i feel like i had a playstation game called burnout like four or something it was like a car <laughs> it was like a car game fourth and, year of college yeah and we just had to crash the cars and then like the more money that the crash cost that was like you won more or something oh actually really God. weird that is cool that's i mean that's i guess like symbolizing burnout of fourth year and the more you crash the (laughs) more you can come on our podcast (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure if my experiences have been burnout and like I haven't really done anything to like retreat tell me more about that though like I don't know I I yeah I just find it really hard to know what is depression and what is like I guess like imposter syndrome or like self-doubt being like Mm. I don't want to share what I have to offer because it's not good enough and or like I don't have any motivation to do this anymore and I feel like I'm not motivated because Hattie's pointing at her brain like she's remembered something so go on ask me that golden question was your burnout ever was the resentment of your burnout ever to do with wanting to do something else like oh I wish I could be this or oh I wish I didn't have to play and I could instead do this was there ever kind of like that element to it maybe I don't know I think because I've always had kind of an avoidant personality where I'll 
do so many things in life all the time. Like when I was at school, you know, I did sport and music yeah. and acadi- academia. <laughs> um, you know, like everyone does at school because um, <laughs> that's what school is. Um, and then, you know, when I got to London, I started teaching from first year and then was like still taking running really seriously and like volunteering. And there was all, always all this stuff. And now it feels like um, there's playing, there's teaching podcast stuff like all this stuff and I feel like I always have lots of things going on which inevitably makes me tired um and yeah I don't know whether the resentment that I sometimes feel in burnout is because I'm like god I've done it to myself again like I've just made myself too busy because I'm scared of committing to one thing or like letting something go or whether the resentment is just yeah maybe because I want to be something else And I often have that feeling, like you said, of like, just wanting to retreat and not see anybody or be anything or do anything Mm. for like a while. I think we forget, like, when you're sharing music, like, that is an emotionally very taxing experience a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, and last night I was, to be shared later, I was writing a, a blog about like, performing with a mental illness and like Mm. what it feels to go to a performance and travel to somewhere when you are struggling with mental illness but I was thinking while I was writing it like even if you're not struggling with a mental illness this is a lot to expect us to do and I was you know the reason it's so hard when I was ill is because it was so hard when I was well like getting the train and then having to meet people you've not seen before, maybe, who were running the concert, rehearsing, and you've got, like, three hours before the actual concert, and then you have the concert, and then you probably have an interval, and you're like, oh, my God, I just want to go home. This is just so... Like, and then you've got to travel home. <laughs> that, that's always the worst bit. It's the worst bit. And it was so funny. I was like, I every, t- every time there's, like, a late-night concert, I go to, like, a supermarket, and all I want is, like, sucky yogurts and melon. Sucky yogurt, yeah, like a sucky yogurt. Like, what is we talked. Did I tell you about this before? Like a well, pouch like of yogurt, not quite like a fruit, like a, like an adult fruit. What? You not had a sucky before? Oh, sounds absolutely vile. It's delicious, okay. and that's all I eat after concerts because I haven't got the energy to eat anything else. Fair enough. Anyway, don't know where I was going with that. Than <laughs> <laughs> to say, like, yeah, the experience of playing. We we don't we seem to forget like we are giving of ourselves hundred mm. percent in that moment, often a lot of the time. Yeah, I really hope there's more research that comes out on musicians and burnout because I would be really interested. Like, yeah, are musicians more likely to burn out than another job? Or I don't know. Like, yeah, do you think you're more likely to burn out if you've got a mental illness because it's tiring? Or less likely because you're dealing with mental illness all the time anyway. Ooh, yeah. Such a good question. We need somebody clever to go and do this research. But also, I do believe that, like... Is there a word for people that don't have mental illness? Because I want to say neurotypical, but is that the right word? Bloody annoying. Bloody bloody lucky. (laughs) I have no idea. I would like to be one of those lucky, lucky people, but also who have had burnout. Because I feel like... Yeah. All my burnout has also had mental illness yeah. entwined. And whether, like, ha- afterwards, did they feel like it affected their mental health in the long mm. run? Or was it, were they able to get back to what's normal for them in a reasonable amount of time? 
I have a question for you, actually, which might be a bit surprising. I love surprises. You speak about your running. Yeah. You were a very successful runner. Successful. I won so many running auditions. <laughs> you were, you were, like, you got further with running than I think 90% of the population do. I definitely got further by running than my music. That's hilarious. Run, talk, run. Run, talk, trumpet. <laughs> On top trumpet. Um, can you, like, and maybe it's something you don't want to speak about. I always want to speak about Okay, things. great. So can you say, because obviously, maybe not obviously, but you've been saying you've been trying to get back into running mm. a bit through doing your couch 5k or not. Couch can you speak about how that went, like, going from, like, really quite intense running to not running? Was that, was there any element of burnout maybe in that? Yeah, completely. I remember I took a t- bit of time off after I did the Brighton Marathon. And I remember looking back and being like, since I started running in year 10, I haven't had any period of time off running. Um, not even like a week, two weeks. So that would have been from 2010 until 2019, 2018, which is nuts. And then there was a part of me when I stopped. There, I mean, there was a huge part of me that was really resistant to stopping because it was so ingrained in my psyche of like, get up, go for a run. Like, you know, your week's not complete unless you've done this many miles or whatever. But there was another part of me that was like, thank God we're having a sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Got me in a sit down. Yeah, and then the pandemic came and like, because I also know that when I was running uh, or when I was starting running and actually all the way through it had been so interlinked with my eating disorder and my body image and everything so I was like I think in order to take more steps forward with my recovery I need to just like go completely cold turkey on running which was really hard but now I feel like trying to get back into it I have not only this expectation of like, well, the last period of running that you did like regularly, you were running 26 miles. So why can't you run like for a minute? Um, so there's that. And there's also this like, I don't want to run if I'm not running quickly. And mm. like, the, and, and yeah. then, I mean, I guess I'm going on about this because it feels exactly the same as music. It's like, so a couple of days ago, we put out um, a question on our Instagram story about practice and what's stopping you from practice because at the moment I feel like I am having real problems with motivation and energy and I mean neighbours a little bit but not so much I definitely blame them it's more my motivation (laughs) it's so easy it's it's just my neighbours um and I feel like um (laughs) you're getting the snacks that is like number one thing you should not do when someone's in the middle of the conversation well get a snack Anyway, we put this story out, uh, this question out, and just asking, like, what is stopping you from practising at the moment? And so many people said something like not having enough stamina or not having the ability and, like... Scared of scared of how I might sound or... Yeah, or, like, I know that I'm not going to sound good, so I don't even want to try. Yeah. Or same as, like, I don't have any energy or any motivation, so... I don't want to be faced with that when I get to my instrument. Like, yeah. the feeling of 
I used to be like this and now I'm it's such a killer it is but it's so real and I feel as much as I don't want to say like that is burnout I feel like that is definitely a symptom of burnout in that you kind of grind to a halt a little bit and then when you want to get back on like to practicing or something it's really hard because you're coming from this place of lethargy and self-doubt mm. and all these horrible emotions and yeah I was really touched and just like shocked how many other people were really struggling with practice it was incredible I honestly thought there'd be maybe three people that would oh yeah you me and my brother yeah but in terms of your running because it fascinates me yeah because I did have a little disordered period of it mm-hmm. myself do you look back on that time now and see it as like, fuck, I was really burnt out towards the end of that. Like, thank God I stopped when I did or any of that. Or is it like, yeah, explain how that feels. Yeah, I think particularly towards the end, I think in just like Cara was saying, there's a lot of like literature on burnout and sport. And uh, particularly when I was marathon training and I wasn't getting like any faster or I didn't feel like I was getting any stronger. Um, and I remember talking to, um, is that actually my old, I used to go to a running club near here and the running coach there and, and some of the other runners. And they were like, sometimes what you just need is a break. You like hit this wall where you either just need a break or you need to like change up your workout or run faster or run slower or run shorter distance a longer distance and yeah it's just really interesting to you sometimes well no all the time I was like I just need to work harder I'm just like mm. I'm just hitting this wall I'm not getting any faster or like being able to run over this distance I just need to work more at it but it's actually like that quote that you were saying about practice the other day in that sometimes in order to master an art you need to know when to let it go or like when to take a mm. step back from it I felt like it was exactly the same. Yeah, I think also when I when I was coming to that period of time when I was training a lot, I was also, I mean, I was studying like the whole time, like doing my master's degree. And like I had this really strict routine that I was like sticking to. And I was like, well, I have to stick to this. Alongside so, studying as well. Yeah, but that would mean like, especially when we had and like... teaching. Yeah. Fucking if we yeah. had orchestra projects, starting <laughs> 10 till 5 or sometimes we'd have like sectionals before or like I'd have a lesson before so maybe 9 and I'd still go for like a 10 mile run before because I was like well I've got to stick to the plan and when you're just before burnout or when you're in that like intense routine you can't see the wood for the trees mm, yeah because you're just so in it And I think that's what's sometimes so surprising about burnout or getting to that point is that you're like, but I was just doing what I've always done. Mm. In terms of your depression, though, like how this is the question I I often wonder is like you clearly have really struggled with depression. But how does that correlate with like being able to follow a really strict plan? Mm. Do you find your depression didn't used to make you kind of depressed to the point of like not being able to follow it kind of thing or? I think actually something that I've never realised until just now is that I often beat myself up for like being depressed or like my depression manifesting in more traditional ways like 
not having energy now but I realized that before it was also hand in hand with an eating disorder and that voice of you've got to go out for a run you've got to burn these calories or whatever was so strong actually the depression was half like repressed and it was no wonder I needed a break because not only was I really tired but my depression was also like can we just please like (laughs) have a few naps um that's so interesting yeah that was your coping mechanism for the depression in a way yeah slightly as well for sure and it's like I was so good at sticking to routines and now I feel like I can't at all because I had to let so much go Mm. in order to take a few steps forward that I'm not only starting from square one again I feel like I'm starting from like square minus 20 because I don't have any of the coping mechanisms which is obviously so much better and I'd rather that it's this way but painful really painful really painful it's the same for practice or I just yeah I don't feel like I can stick to a routine and part of that is because I think I'm slightly triggered by the aspect of like trying to stick to a routine because I'm like so averse to it because I know that that's you know the other side of that yeah yeah. And I can't even have like a little bit of that, which I find really hard. I'm like, oh, please, can I just have like a nice, healthy routine? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that with healthy eating as well, <sighs> because I don't want it ever to get restrictive again. But I'm sort of like, I feel like I go too far the other way sometimes where I just do not feel good. And I'm like, mm. I've not eaten a vegetable for days, but I kind of don't want to enforce that because I'm freaked out about what it might mean or whatever. Yeah, for Same sure. With exercise, like obviously you. Walking has always been, like, so important for me. But it's like, how do I do that mm. without looking at the steps or without all that crap? Maybe I should just talk about why I went to the convent. Yeah. <laughs> did you see that Stacey Dooley documentary? Oh, Lord, no. She went to a convent. She fucking did it. Yeah. She thinks she's so cool, but I did it first. Yeah, but... Yeah, I feel like what kind of different. Was it? You weren't going for to make a documentary. But she, what was she talking to them about? Just like what's what's happening? Oh, MFG. Okay, I need to watch this. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, wowzer. So we all know the story. Twenty twenty. Like, wait, what happened in twenty twenty? Ah, Raka. Ah, you're cancelled. Okay. My yeah, I had two mental illness periods, genuinely back to back which went from April 2020 to August, September 2020. After that, my grandma died. It was wonderful. It was just a little cherry on the cake. She was like, I'm going to die right now and just make you feel 100% worse. Mm -hmm. Um, So after that, my parents were sort of like, what are you going to do? And I was like, do you know what? (laughs) Do they? I want to be kind of helpful, but I can sense another lockdown. I feel like there's not going to be anything in my life, like, left. I don't want... I, the idea of going back to live with them and all I had was my cello felt so suffocating. And I wasn't doing mm. a master's because I didn't have the money. And I didn't want to... That was the other thing. Sorry. Backtrack a little bit. I always blame it on the money, but I have to be honest that I didn't actually want to do a master's in my fourth year. Mm. I'd very clearly decided, like... I'm not excited enough about it. The idea of just staying the same and doing it for two more years, like, oh my gosh, I really don't want to do that. It was so clear in my mind, like, no. Tried to apply to go to Germany, but it was just so clear that that was just not right either. Mm, nine. Nine. Nine, Danke. It's been 
fine, thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I felt very lost. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do. All I knew was I want to be somewhere where I'm not known for playing my cello. Like, I don't want to walk in Ooh. and for them to for me to give them that service of playing or for them to know me as Hattie the cellist. And it was so interesting because without me telling them that, they, like, they were so... (laughs) They couldn't give a shit about my cello, which on a few occasions really upset me because I was like, people normally ask me to play and people (laughs) just don't want me to play my cello. My identity. My identity, yeah. like I don't have anything else. They just wanted to know about me as a person. I was just cooking. I was, you know... After about a month of being there, I was like, I can't be on the internet because I'm seeing other musicians and I just want to experience life, like, without all that. And I quit the podcast as well. I put that to the side. And I was just like, I don't want to play anymore. And I remember talking to one of the nuns and being like, I am so angry at the cello right now. I'm so angry. I was so angry at it. Mm -hmm. And I was just telling her, we'd have these, like, chats. It wasn't therapy spiritual chat it was like a spiritual chat yeah but there was a weird boundary there anyway so i'd like offload about how terrible my degree was how much i had to go through blah 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 a lot of it was like hyperbole it's like the, when you exaggerate things yeah yeah a lot of it was quite exaggerated but like a lot of it was sort of legit mm. and just telling her i'm so angry at the profession i'm so angry that like i went through my mental illness and no one was there for me i was so angry at everything so mm. i was like i don't even want to see it i don't want to see it, any musicians anymore i don't want to look at a cello left my cello didn't play it for two months at all mm-hmm. i like completely decided no i'm a nun now i'm not a cellist anymore mm-hmm. and it was kind of incredible did the time go quickly like did you get to the end of those two months and be like, wow, two months has flown by? Or were you counting the days? Like, wow, this feels like a luxury um, holiday. I didn't decide. Like, there was no time mm-hmm. there. Like, I, I didn't know when I'd stopped if I was ever going to play again. Yeah. That's how I felt. It was like, I'd completely let myself off the hook for, like, the first time. Mm. You know? And I think that was, like, the most incredible feeling ever. I felt so free. I yeah. was like, I can literally do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I don't have to share anything. And you might think, no, you can't. You're in a fucking convent and there's a lockdown. Like, where's the freedom? But for those first months, it was like, the freedom is just that I don't have any self-expectation to get up and practice or get up and run or get up. And Mm. it's that feeling of, like, waking up and you just, like, get this, like, sink back of, like... Yeah, you're essentially uh... locked down to your instrument as well as locked down. Yeah. So I suppose, like... Having that, I was like, well, whatever happens now, I don't really want to lose that sense of, like, mm. freedom. Free. Yeah. Yeah, and I felt like I hadn't had that since I was, like, a little kid playing in the field with, like, yeah. no issues. I don't think I've ever taken a purposeful break. Mm. Like, maybe a week. But that's been the From most... trumpet you're yeah. talking about. Wow. Like, I've taken... Like, in the pandemic, I didn't play... Mm. a lot like I really minimally practiced or played at all but the feeling of like I should practice today was like there oh yeah um and yeah any breaks I took were completely like depressive or just like being in bed that's not a break depression is not a break no and because you're lying in bed being like I should get up and practice and then it's like 
6pm and you're like, well, I guess I can't really practice now because of the neighbours. And then it's just like that day after day. And also because I had my master's final. And then after that, I uh, started at the St Albans for my graduate musician thing. And during that, like, I hardly played at all. But again, I was like every evening being like, oh, I should practice. Or like, it's always there, isn't it? Always there. It's draining. And then it makes the time that you actually do go and practice not enjoyable. Hmm. Because, because you like, feel like you should have always done a bit more or whatever. Yeah, and you're like, I can't even really celebrate getting to this practice session because I know that I haven't done so much that I could have done before. Or you're like, well, I'm not strong enough. Or you're always comparing it to the practice that you should have done. Yeah, I think that's where the the kind of dialogue fucks me up a little bit. Because for me right now, if I was to practice half an hour a day... That would be absolutely amazing mm. just for me in my job and situation right now. But if I admitted that to anyone in the, you know, teachers or whatever, yeah. they would all tell me there's no way I should be doing a master's next year, mm. you know, without more practice time. Yeah. But, the, you know, I, I, there's just absolutely no way. Like, I, yeah. I practice twice a week, you know. Like, it's just so funny to me how there's no kind of middle ground. It's almost like I'd rather so not true. play and just not even talk about that or, like, have me proper four hours a day or whatever. So funny. Because, yeah, I also feel like at the moment with teaching and, like, my schedule is just a bit too full, there will often be two days in a row that I don't play. Mm. Like, the last few months I would say I've practiced three times a week for not long but the pressure to be a professional musician and practice and do like the proper practice puts me off yeah there's no like oh I'll just do 10 minutes every day or like 20 minutes or half an hour it's oh I won't do any I'd rather not do any than like as the people said in that Instagram thing than like find out how much of a failure I really am or have that kind of guilt or whatever bizarre do you think you have any plans for a purposeful break from playing like is that something you would like to do or do you feel like oh i feel like i'm scared if a gig came up Mm. and i wouldn't be strong enough to play or yeah i just feel nervous it's this constant waiting of like what if i get an email and i'm in my break it's like, well, we haven't emailed so far, so <laughs> I think you're fine to take a break. You you feel like you couldn't really plan a break. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? I feel like I'm always at the mercy of somebody else's schedule. Ooh. Um, and like, I'd love to take a month off, but that feels like too much at the moment. That reminds me of what Jocelyn was saying about that terrible sort of way we talk about work Mm. as like people giving you work yeah and how you should be so grateful for this performance work that people are giving you it kind of reminds me of that like yeah but it's like if I if somebody asked me to do work now I would feel so crushed or so completely in the wrong to say no for my well-being because what if I said no and then they never asked me again (sighs) isn't that stupid I think it makes sense, to be honest. It shouldn't, but it does. Yeah, you're not playing much at the moment and it feels like you're enjoying that. At the end of your job in July, 
can you foresee how you're going to feel about the cello then? Um, I can't, honestly. And it really frustrates me. I feel like my emotions, I just have to accept that I change so frequently. And I have for the last few years. Like, the way I feel about things changes. Actually, the way I feel about the cello is the one thing, really, that that changes Mm -hmm. a lot. And I will go from believing that, actually, I would love to spend the rest of my life trying to perform and all this. And then I will go through periods of deciding, no, I'm really leaving that alone now. So I think at the moment I have committed this six months to, like, I want writing experience. I want professional experience, mm-hmm. basically for the for the podcast and for like just me in the classical industry, having like just getting to know how things work on a professional level. Like that's kind of what it's been for. It's quite tempting to control it, mm. you know, and to be like, oh, at the end of my job, right going to go here and I'm going to make sure that I then can do this much practice and that I'm then ready for this and I'm going to apply for all these things blah 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 but actually at the moment I'm just more like I will feel how I feel Mm -hmm. maybe I want another job in like another thing maybe I'll not so does it feel like a sabbatical at the moment no no Mm -hmm. no because I feel like if you're working full time there's no way it could feel like a sabbatical yeah. and i i just i really fucks me off that as, as soon as i get any kind of thought about guilt about practice that annoys me about to myself i'm like don't you dare talk to yourself like that you are working really hard <laughs> do you feel like sabbaticals i don't i haven't you were the one that mentioned hillary Hahn. yes um I forgot about Hilary Hahn. Do people that take sabbaticals usually do something else in the meantime or do they take it to just like be a sabbatical on life and just focus on their well-being? I feel like for Hilary Hahn, she she's a bit too intense in the way she has described her sabbatical for me mm-hmm. in that she said she's been pl- she was planning it for 10 years. <gasps> so I'm assuming then she put aside money every year like for this sabbatical. But for me, that's like that puts a lot of pressure on the year. Yeah. That's what if you came to a year where you like really could do with one, but you're like, no, I've planned it for 2020. Or if you got to the sabbatical year and you're like, oh, but I really want to keep playing. Yeah. So I, I don't know how I feel about that side of it, but I think for her, she literally decided I am not playing for that year at all. Mm-hmm. Not once. And she has a few, she has some kids, I think. I think she literally just went off walking. You know, a, a traditional sabbatical, like, is often heard in like religious terms where like a mm. priest or whatever will go off and like have a holiday. But yeah, the idea is that you come back with like this new lease of life and like energy for or you're like, oh, I don't want to come back. Well, that's just, this is it and that is a thing that like I think people don't go on sabbaticals because they're worried that then they won't want to come back. But I I you know, being someone that's taken one, I think you should have faith. You know, if you really feel this is the time for a break and financially, it's viable. Mm. And a change can be better than a break. I'm kind of going back on what I said, though, because I feel like if you're working full-time in anything, it's not a sabbatical. Right, ignore that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's down to, like... When I think about a sabbatical, I'm like, well, how would you earn money? Yeah. Because that's, like, the forefront of my mind all the time. Well, that's why I went to the convent, because you don't have yeah. to earn money at the convent. But I'm not re- recommending everyone goes to the convent. 
before we finish, I'm going to try and make this a regular segment. A hmm. segular segment. A segular um, segment. Any little wins this week? Because I feel I like, like it's been segment. it's been a hard week. Yeah. Every week's a hard week. My win for the week is I bought a pair of trousers that actually fit me. Hey. They're actually a bit too big. That's great though. But like, I didn't care. And I'm actually wearing them right now. I was going to say, these look fantastic. And I was thinking like, I felt scared to get dressed for so long mm-hmm. because I don't want to know how it feels. The same as practice. Yeah. Wow. Scared of you. So I was just like, I'm gonna. They're actually men's trousers as well, because I, for some reason, I wish the numbers didn't matter to me, but they matter to me, and I, I'm in, I'm mm-hmm. overcoming that. Yeah. So my midway is to buy men's clothes. Uh, but yeah, it felt like, wow, put your trousers on. This is what it's like to be in comfort and not to have something slightly too tight. But I feel like I have to wear it because... But that's the norm. Like, it's terrible. Slightly too tight clothes because you're like, well, I, will, I might fit into that one day. So I hate that feeling so much, though. I'm so over it. So it felt like a massive win. Yeah. I'm not. so proud of you. I'd like to know your win. Have you thought about your win? Oh, I guess I went to my universal credit appointment. Oh, yeah. How was it? It was actually fine. Like, they weren't too... My work coach was really nice. Um, although she looked a bit shocked when I said I was a classical musician. And yeah, there was I I felt like my win in that situation was not like talking myself down or being like, yeah, uh, things aren't just going really well and like I've got to find more teaching or something. I was like, no, like things are exactly how they're supposed to be right now and I just need some support whilst things get better and like whilst I find my balance. Because it's, I mean... I keep forgetting this is the first time that I've been out of education properly since the pandemic and I'm still finding like where my energy is like how much I've got how much of my week I can fill how much teaching I want to do how much teaching I can do she did say she was like if you could just get one more gig per month maybe that would help and I was like no shit do you want to get that from me babe yeah (laughs) find me that gig agency (laughs) if you want to go check out um the burnout week and let us know your thoughts oh we're still going yeah check out the burnout week let us know your thoughts follow us on twitter and instagram and facebook at tmdta podcast buy us a coffee if you fancy it and you're in a position to do so check out our website got our resources uh check out our other episodes yes hopefully our one with jocelyn lightfoot will be out soon or is out from the london chamber orchestra and if you want a transcript we are fully accessible or we are aiming to be as fully accessible as possible to everybody and they are available on the website yeah and if you have any suggestions or requests or whatever we are taking because like obviously or we, blogs or blogs standing a blog yeah please write blogs for us we love reading your stuff um but yeah obviously we talk about things that we want to talk about but if people want us yes. to talk about something Please then that's this. great as well even for these chatty episodes maybe we'll do a Q&A at some point I forgot that those existed I love Q&A's